I'm delighted to say that the 1878 FM podcast is sponsored this season by Green King Sport Pubs, uh, where football is more than a game. Green King Sport venues are showing every single Everton televised game across the 23-24 season, as well as a host of other Premier League games. With over 900 venues across the UK, it doesn't matter where you're based, you'll be able to catch the action. Head over to Green King Sport's Instagram page and give them a follow, at Green King Sport. Now, without further ado, let's get on with the podcast. Hello, welcome to the 1878 FM podcast. Okay. It is a it's it's not as happy as it was last week. I will it was, say it was a one off. It was a special edition. <laughs> it was a special, a special, special edition. Little asterisk by you, mm. um, and it was before the Villa game as well. So it wasn't even. Yeah, it was. We hadn't it even was. got to the mega happy part of the week. Mm. Good result of Villa Day. Yeah, one of the star positives. Yeah, what a great result that was. Played well at Villa. Good mm. result. Done well. Two goals in a game, following the three the game before. What did you make of that day? Very briefly. <laughs> What, the Villa game? Yeah, I was, yeah, I Villa. was buoyed up at that point, to be <laughs> honest with you. You know, obviously coming off the back of the Brentford result, which, mm. you know, didn't expect anything there and then didn't expect anything at Villa. And, uh, yeah, I thought, well, this is good. You know, maybe mm. we've turned a corner and this is where our season changes. Mm. And then, um, and then obviously, you know, Saturday happened. And yeah. I don't know what to say anymore. You know, the simple mm. thing is I really don't know what to say anymore. Um, not great for a podcast I'll be honest no I know it's not and it doesn't it doesn't kind of you know sort of uh, hook you in really for the next sort of 40 minutes or something but I mean the reality is that they were they 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 looked fine for the first 20 minutes I thought they were creating chances I thought they looked far and away the better side and I thought well this is going to be all right it's going to go the way that we imagine it will go Mm. um uh, but they didn't take the chances and you rue the chances and uh and then obviously you know Luton kind of thought you know what we can we can get into this they had that header of Tom Lockyer that went over the bar and I think that suddenly gave them a bit of belief Mm. um and then obviously Tom Lockyer wanted it more than Ashley Young and obviously got his goal that way and then you've got you know you've got um Carlton Morris completely unmarked on the far stick boom done boom do you think the big problem was we didn't expect anything at Brentford, didn't expect anything at Villa, won both of them, expected something on Saturday, yeah. went back to normal? Maybe, yeah, and, <laughs> and maybe it's a maybe it's a head thing. Uh, maybe that's mm. the issue, you know. I mean, for years now, I mean, way before Sean Dyche time, I've, I've always felt that, you know, we, we play better against the better sides and, and often we slip up against those sides, which can only be a mental thing, where they seem to be complacent. They seem to think, oh, well, you know, we'll do Luton, we'll do Bournemouth. Mm. do whoever you know and they they've played better against the cities and and the uniteds and and whatever of this thing but um yeah maybe it was that maybe they just thought this is this is a done deal and there are no done deals and as they proved and suddenly we find ourselves back to our normal level don't we it is our normal level isn't it, is, it? Isn't it? very mm-hmm. much mm. very much mm. thinking about thinking about this last couple of days you know since the defeat and it's just like this is our level. It's like I don't, I don't know. It's like when you win games like Villa or you beat Brentford, there is a high because you don't expect to win those games. Mm, no. But for some reason, there was a there was a feeling on Saturday that it was going to be one of those games. It just felt like to me, and I think a few other people like it was going to be one of those games, and it had to be a game which we had to get over. Mm. It had to be like. It had to be a game where we had to just go and win a game we were expected to win. Mm. Um, and seeing the thing last night with like Frank Lampard on Monday Night Football, I think, yeah. we, I think we've won something like two in the last th- three years, maybe it might even be more up against promoted teams. It's like shocking. Just the, you know, just awful, awful stats of... of, of what did he say about that? Oh, I didn't say nothing because they barely asked him a difficult question. Oh, okay. um, But it was... It was you know, you you think about the reasons why and, and, and people pointing fingers, but ultimately the players and the managers are just not good enough to step mm. up when, when there's an expectation on them, unless it's like the last game of the season when you have to win. Mm. And that's the problem, isn't it? It's just like there's no, there's no like, there's no th- level consistency with any of these teams in the last three years. There's no, you know what you're going to get today. And Saturday was the perfect illustration of that. As Dave said, first 20 minutes, we had three, four shots, decent efforts, got the crowd excited about the game. And then the first time Luton sort of exerted any 
Not even mm. pressure. It wasn't even pressure. Mm. It was just turning us round. It was old Sunday league tricks. It was turning us round, making us face our own goal, starting to um, panic us a little bit with set pieces. Not even difficult set pieces, just overloads. Mm. Again, Sunday league stuff or like lower division stuff. Um, and then they got the, the just rewards for, for, for doing that. And Everton just have no bravery. There's no bravery about the team. There's no bravery about the manager. I have no issue saying that. The manager's just not a brave man. And uh, we're getting what we deserve again because of this this way we everything's just too safe. And there's no, as I said, bravery I think is a really important word because I don't see people being brave on the ball mm-hmm. and I don't see the manager being brave with the decisions he makes. Dave, the home form, I think it's 13 defeats in 19 at Goodison now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's seven in the last eight, which is atrocious, isn't it? For a team that isn't one of the better teams in the league. Your home form's so important, isn't it? To to keep yourself out of trouble. I personally still believe they'll I still believe we'll get more points than, definitely than Luton after watching them on Saturday. But certainly I think we'll get more points than Luton, Sheffield, United and Burnley, which therefore puts Everton fourth bottom. But that cannot be a I said this the other day, that cannot be a bar that we are proud of that there might be three teams who are slightly worse than we are because our home form is atrocious. Yeah, and the other issue with, with you know, the other issue with taking that kind of optimism, if it is indeed <laughs> optimism, well, yeah, is the fact that there will then be games within that run or that season or whatever which don't go according to plan, such mm-hmm. as Saturday, yeah. such as could well be this Saturday against yeah. Bournemouth, who will be a tougher... A tougher um, opposition than Luton for sure, mm. um, and that's the that's the risk that you have. You know, for me, at five o'clock on Saturday, I just felt these are the sort of results that get you relegated. Yeah, they really are. Mm. You know, these are the ones that you look back on and you kind of go, "We had to do that." You know, do you remember 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 that run of games? Mm. The you know the, the the home games before Dice started last year, and we were a bit like, do you know what? If we'd had Dice, we wouldn't have lost that. We wouldn't have lost that. We wouldn't have lost that. Mm. We'd have been six or six or seven points better on than than they were. Mm. But it was, you know, listen. Whichever way you look at it, it was an absolutely must-win game, and they should never have lost that game on Saturday. Mm. And and going to your point, Ped, about bravery, you know, it's about rolling your sleeves up. It's about getting mm. stuck in. It's about commitment. It's about effort. Um, it's about work rate um, and all of those other words that essentially mean the same thing. Um, but, <laughs> you know, it's there's just not enough of it. Mm. You know, we're not talking about being out, out, outplayed in a, on a skills level. You know, no. we're not about, you know, facing a side that we know are better than us. It's about going toe to toe, you know, 11 versus 11 and, and actually wanting it more, you know, and I thought, you know, a fair play. I thought, I thought Tom Lockyer's goal, uh, uh, you know, to, to break the deadlock was what it was all about. It's he a wanted it more. Didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. he wanted it more. Threw himself he got, in there, hmm? got in there and he threw it at it and he deserved that. Well, mm-hmm. even when you look at like the, the stills of afterwards, him, his, him and Brant, I mean, again, it was highlighted on Monday Night Football. Him and Brantwaite have got older each other. They're wrestling each other. And they're yeah. wrestling each other. And they're on the, like, the left side of the goal, mm-hmm. um, if you look at it from the park end. Yeah, and, yeah. and he somehow still manages to get over to, to Ashley Young. Because to, to Young's him. trying to take a touch. Instead of just hooking it away yeah, 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 first yeah, time. But even, first. That, but even that, though, that there's... Our, how often would you see that happen and the player just take a touch and just lash it away with mm. anyone no one going near him? And yet he had the desire to mm. make yeah. sure that I'm gonna I'm gonna make something out of this. Mm. I'm gonna yeah. if that ball drops, I'm having that because they are the small yeah. margins that a club like course, Luton yeah. needs to work on. You know, those set club like Everton needs to work no, on. No, but they don't though, because there's a there's a thing about our players. And there always has been of like you, an arrogance, an arrogance about, about them. Like they don't have to roll the sleeves up. Mm. Like too many players can just walk around and do nothing and get away with it because there's no there's no repercussions. And 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 I'm sorry, but the manager's buying into that as well now. The manager's buying into the whole thing. It's like I don't get. I honestly just don't get this manager. I I don't get how a guy who is famous for keeping Burnley in the Premier League with so little can work with so much more. I believe and, himself. and not get the players to do the basics of working hard, doing your job, keeping clean sheets, 
not getting beat at home. Like not maybe not always winning at home, but not getting beat at home. Mm. Like that should be the fundamental. Like if we'd have drawn against Fulham Wolves and Luton. There's another three points yeah. there. That it's, mm-hmm. it's a, we haven't got it, but it, it's a mm-hmm. win, isn't it? And it's also Luton not won a game. It's also a game Fulham hasn't won, and it's and also Wolves. a game Wolves haven't won. Yeah. And yeah. you've got to remember that as like well. Like Forest at the weekend, down yeah. to ten men, they ground a one-one yeah. out. Now they could have lost it, but they didn't. And that points, that is the big thing. It is weird because he has said on a lot of occasions, he's you know there's so much more at this train, you know, at this club than what he's had before. Yet the results don't match that. So why doesn't he? Why doesn't he like? really shake it up then you know if people are letting him that if he because fe- he must feel when you're a manager and got a team you look and you know who's your better players and you know who might be letting you down a little bit and if you've got a decent squad i mean on saturday with all due respect to luton who are a limited side yeah. and they are limited because they've not spent any money they're still essentially a players they brought in are injured as well exactly mm-hmm. like sir ross and all that you know people like that and you've got like uh Laconga from Arsenal, who's a good player, he was out mm-hmm. as well. But they're very basic, and yet Everton lined up in a, a negative defensive manner, as if we were playing Man City, where we really should have gone, we're playing Luton at home. They've not won a game. They haven't got that much to really hurt us with, other than set pieces. I'm playing 4 3 3 here, and we're going for yeah. it. We're going two wingers, we've got. Dom in the box, we're going to be getting wide, throwing crosses in full. And if they'd have done that, I think the crowd would have reacted to it. Because you're right, Dave, the first 15 minutes, we did start on the front foot and we had all the ball and we missed a few chances. But you know what? By the time we'd missed the third one, you Mm. felt the ground go, here we go again. Mm. Almost as if it's so difficult for us to Mm. put the ball in the back of the net. We had all the ball. They'd give us the ball and we had all the ball. The, the possession tells you that. Yeah. We've got no idea what we are doing with the ball. And if you haven't got your... If you're not on the front foot against these kind of teams at home and you're flying at them and making them feel like they're under pressure, they will have those moments where they break away and get corners and put you under pressure. But, you know, they, they as you say, they should have been, they should have been clearly up um, with daylight between them before Luton got any self-belief. Mm-hmm. You know, and and we've seen it so many times, haven't we? You know, where we've huffed and puffed and we haven't done anything, and then and then that side, like a loot, and kind of go, Do you know what? We could get something here. You know, these these are these are beatable. Um, and and I just I I just remember seeing a real sort of sea change in in the mentality, mm-hmm. and I think it was around the time of the Tom Lockyer header that went yeah. over. Yeah, well, I'd say yeah, that was, that to me was when they kind of thought, Do you know what? These aren't all that. You mm-hmm. know, we could we could get something here. This is nothing to be to be afraid of mm-hmm. um and that to me was the difference but going back to Daesh, i feel it just feels to me that he's changed he's he's washing his hands of it now i think he's 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 there's something about his body language now where he's kind of he's doing that whole thing do you know what it's uh, you know almost i can't do this the, in other words there's stuff going on here which makes my job Almost impossible. Um, Lampard alluded to it last night mm. on on Did Sky. They? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and and it's all about you know this, you know what lurks beneath. You know mm. what is the Loch Ness monster of bloody Everton? You know what is the the great unsaid yeah. that all of these managers can all talk about in in private, whether it's Silva, whether it's Ancelotti, whether it's Benitez, whether it's Lampard, whether it's whoever. Right? They're all mm. going to say the same thing. They're all going to say yes. It didn't work because of that or them or this or whatever it is, right? And and Daesh is starting to to demonstrate that to me in not so many words. Yeah, yeah. I, I felt in his press conference there was a little bit of what more can I do? That's what I felt. Yeah, exactly. Bit, in, even a bit his... Sam Allardyce at times of like, yeah. I've done my bit, it's them. And, and he's never really been like that before. He's normally been... And I think I've seen, I've seen this with Lampard towards the end, where it was always us. Mm. It started becoming, he started just looking beaten, didn't he? Mm. Of like, well, I can't do any more than this. And, and Benito, you know, Carlo even said, didn't he? This team's got two faces, yet the team's mass, massively changed from him. So what is that then? What is lying beneath? I don't know. I don't know. I honestly don't know. And I, and I wish I did. I don't mm. know whether you know, Ped. I don't know what the answer is. I think... <laughs> 
I mean, it's obviously obviously alluding to what goes on behind the scenes. Yeah, but the, if, if no, those know, people the, aren't there now, what do no, we I do? No, I know, but the people, but the club is still run by jokers. Let's get it right. Mm. I mean, it's it's the 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 biggest takeaway you take you you see is we can't sack this manager because there's no one to sack him or there's no money to sack him. Mm. I mean, what a position to. I mean, I don't think that's a great position to be in as a manager because you need to be able to talk to people every day. You you need to be able to feel feel like. There's a chain there's of command and there's well, direction yeah. and there's people. If the club is rudderless and obviously before he, you know, the situation now, you would have had other obviously Machiri people in charge and they were just, they're just useless. I mean, there's no way about it. I, I have no issue saying they're useless. That's why they're not there anymore. The current board is just nonsense. It's just it's placeholders. It's the Manny Celeste, isn't it? Mm. It's just drifting along. The whole club just feels like it's drifting along. And I do feel sorry for Sean Dyche in a way because I feel like he's the face of it. And I feel like he shouldn't, you know, it's it's really unfortunate for him, for him to be in that position, because I don't think he's got the tools to deal with it. I really don't, because he pedals out the same lines all the time. It is all management speak. It is like he's, it is like he's bleeding, um, just, he's on a Jake Humphreys podcast and they're just, all, all the buzzwords are coming out. But he said that, he uses them, hasn't he? No, but he but uses he them but to black he said, But he, he shouldn't then, because he, you can't relate to him as a manager then. You can't have mm. a relationship with your manager if your manager can't, talk to you talk. I always say when someone's in a press conference they're yeah, not yeah. talking to the press mm. they're talking to the fans yeah, yeah, don't yeah. bullshit us the press aren't interested they're not really. interested they're, we just, are. they're just doing their jobs to get that message over to us mm. now the way it works now it, it comes directly to us and I just think that you've got a level with, with fans about situations but I just I just think the job is getting like they said it's getting away from him and he will start peddling out certain excuses unless he's braver. Like like was said then, if he'd gone out on Saturday and we'd gone on the front foot and we hadn't let them up, let them off, mm-hmm. then you'd say the manager's done his part. He set a team up to win this game. Mm-hmm. He didn't set us up to win a game on Saturday. He did. He, he just didn't. No, it was just cautious. Just it's a cautious, cautious approach yeah. after two okay. wins against a very poor side. Mm-hmm. But, but here's a question for you then. And, and at the risk of oversimplifying it, you know, what is a, a, a big issue? If we all agree that obviously there is systemic problems at the club from top to bottom, right? We know that, right? Uh, Board level and uh, middle management level and everything, right? That's one thing. And that could then explain why a manager hasn't been backed in the transfer market and the fact that, you know, the recruitment process hasn't been um, effective, et cetera, et cetera. But ultimately, when you get to Saturday afternoon, right? You've got that group of players who the manager is preparing. Now, Mm. if we're saying, again, the risk of generalizing, the fact that they didn't show the bravery that was required to actually, you know, win that game on Saturday, that's nothing to do with boardroom level. No, it shouldn't be. But but, but you know what I mean? And this is is what I don't understand. Because when you look at it, when it comes down to matters on the pitch, right, that's to do with the management, the coaching staff, and obviously the personnel that are there on the pitch and on the bench. Mm. That's it, right? It's nothing to do with boardroom level or anything like that or, or culture of the club, any of that shit. Yeah. It's to do with who's, who's physically there. Now, when you look back at the fact that these problems have existed under different managers with completely different um, playing staff, mm. I still fail to understand what that common problem is. You know, what's that problem that that existed in Silver's Day and existed with Allardyce and existed with um, Ancelotti that's still there now? Because it's it's not, you know, you could look at so you could look at a group of players and kind of go, do you know what they were gutless? Mm. Right, they didn't fight. They didn't. They they weren't up for it. They didn't roll their sleeves up. But there's been so many different lineups of people that they can't all have that problem well i mean there's, there's mm. yeah, yeah, I, yeah well there's only one constant isn't it and it's the fan base that's the only constant so that mm. makes you think can this level of player not cope with the pressures that come with playing for everton football club and the pressures of playing inside goodison because a lot's been thrown on the fans by other fans sadly which is what makes it worse um of of how Goodison is. I mean, I'm of a of the opinion, and I think Baz is the same that Goodison's not a hard place to play if you just do what you you know what you're supposed to do. And I just think the level of player we buy just can't cope with playing at Goodison. I don't know why. I don't know why that is. I don't know why playing in front of 
um, 30 odd thousand fans who, who hate you from the start they can get away with that at times but yet they come to Goodison and they can't seem to cope with the demands that are there and and I think they're legitimate demands we're still as far as we're concerned we're still a big club we still want to see our team win when people talk about patience well I've been patient for 28 years um you know, I I've been quite patient in terms of that. I mean, other, when you see what goes on in other places in in other countries, when fans are are impatient for what we do compared to what they do, are completely two different worlds. Um, so maybe it's a, a mental thing. Maybe that's we've got players who just can't cope playing in the in in a place which demands home wins. And 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 Lampard bought into this sadly as well because he said after the Wolves game, well the fans wanted. It was the it was... only real time he did say no, that. But he said it though. It... See Saturday reminded me of Southampton game under Lampard mm. on Saturday that mm. defeat. It was the same Southampton that day. Lampard's last home game. Southampton were awful. They were properly awful. They had no threat or anything. They broke once. War Prowse scored. He then defended, broke again, and Gordon brought Thingy down, and Ward Prowse got the free kick, and that was it. They defended, and we had no answer. And on Saturday, it felt the same. A poor side come to Goodison. I know it, what does that make us because we couldn't break them down, but you know what I mean? It was that kind of that like limp defeat, yeah, yeah. and that was what it was like. And then the manager after it, and you're going, How do we pick it up? You know, Dave, you're right. We've got Bournemouth this weekend, and they're miles better than Luton, and will cause us problems. And I. I'm always optimistic, but I'm looking at it going, I just don't, because I don't know what his approach will be. But in terms of the players, we've had many different players. I don't I, I don't think it's just because we expect to win home games. That's not a difficult thing. Most teams win home games. I don't know whether that's a thing. I just think, I don't think we ever stick to the plan. Yeah. We've got, there's something going on at our club. I don't know what it is, but managers come in with a certain style and mm. never kind of live up to that style. Do you know what I mean? Like Marco mm. Silva, for instance. I mean, Cumin was all high press. Came in and got rid of it within two games because he had Rom. So we just changed the way he played. Mm. Fine. You know, Silva come in, had played great football at Hull and Watford. Mm. Wanted to play 4-3-3 and never, ever went to it for some reason. Yeah. Then we got rid of him. Carlo's different. He was his own thing, and he'd done his own thing. Then Rafa Benitez come in, and we were going to get a defensive masterclass. And yet we just let Watford score five against us at home mm. and things like that. Then Lampard come in. We're going to play off the front, high press, possession game. Threw it in the bin. After three weeks, I went, these can't do it. We'll have to go. But then didn't stick with what got him results. Changed again. And then and then Dykes come in, and it was, we're going to do this. And... We will be great in both boxes off set pieces and we're going to be tight again. And I'm thinking, well, you know, what a lot of games will be like the Arsenal game at home. Like 1-0, we'll scrap a win. Leeds will battle and scrap and keep it tight. We don't keep clean sheets. Mm. We don't, we, we let goals in, we don't score. We've got eight goals at Goodison in his reign, Dave. Eight goals. Newcastle got that at Sheffield United last week. We're talking of them as well and talking about players. I mean, again, just to further depress us, I suppose. Anthony Gordon looked absolutely outstanding for Newcastle in that game. But they've got... Like, no, why, though? Because he is... He, he was good for us. He wasn't, know, he wasn't but, amazing. But, but when you put him in a team... It's like Onana, Dave. People are on mm. Onana's back. If you dropped him into Arsenal or City, mm. everyone would be going. He wasn't like that for us. I mean, he is. The problem is, we've got players who are good players, but there's, because there's no pattern of play... Mm. They're just lost in what's going on. And got, to be fair to Gordon, the first, went under Lampard, he was good in the first, like, mm. the first relegation battle, let's call it that, version one. Then he was crap, let's be honest, because he wanted to go. Yeah. And he's gone to Newcastle and everything's positive and they're playing well and he's a good player. He's in a squad. And he's in a squad, he's, he's got good develop. players. So you're right, Dave, he's gone, he's, the mood's he looks good. good. Everything's good, Everything. he's a good player, he's always been a good player. I mean, yeah, I, I, no, he, he looked great for them. I, I still don't care, Dave, about him. No, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that. <laughs> no, I, I no. Suppose, I, suppose, I suppose the point of that is to, you know, highlight the fact that here we are talking about players who, who aren't doing it mm. for whatever reason under, you know, 
well, our management also, at our club. And then I, you look yeah. at other players who have been part of that that squad over the last few years who've then gone on somewhere else. And yeah. I mean, as I say, he just looked outstanding when I last saw it. It does help when managers play you in your proper position and yeah. give you freedom and you know, that helps. That helps. That's it, isn't it? That's that's the thing. The thing about it is you've got to if you can put good players around other good players, you get better. I just think we need to I think the manager just needs to go, look, this is what we're doing. Win, lose, or draw. This is my style. It's the way we're playing. And everyone has to buy into it. I, He's already really good at one of those things. He is. So, that's certainly, you know. Um, but that is, that's where we've got to change. It, it's got to change very quickly. Um, Dave, mm. VAR just quickly. <laughs> it continues to get worse on the, 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 mm. the scrutiny around it. Um, obviously, there was the big the stuff obviously with Liverpool over the weekend, but there's just so much of it, isn't it? That where where do you stand on it at the moment? Because obviously you do the EFL podcasting, and mm-hmm. there's no VAR in the Championship and the other leagues, League One, League Two, and they all seem pretty happy. So where where are where are you on this VAR chat? Tell you where I am is that I never wanted it in the first place. Yeah. Um, and I think that the game was better without it personally. Mm. You know, um, I was never I was never looking forward to it. I was never a fan. Um, and I think it changes the whole human dynamic of it. You know, and yes, of course, mistakes were made in, in, in the old days. Human error was made. But, you know, you'd, you'd get some, you'd lose some. Mm. You know, but that was the same for everybody. Um, and, um, and so I can't really, you know, I don't really see the positives with it personally. Um, as you say, the EFL doesn't have it and, uh, and they seem to be quite happy to exist without it. Um, but it's, it's not for me. And, and especially when, you know, even when it's there, it still has to be interpreted by humans anyway, mm. you know, and, mm. and herein lies the problem. And, uh, and as a weekend proved once again, um, it's, it's not. The finished article and it doesn't eliminate the problems that i suppose it was brought in to do so i see i really like var dave i'm comp- i completely i'm completely opposite i i i sort of hate injustices certainly in football and i'm really in favor of var but this version of it is just a joke um certainly in this country and what saturday was was just the worst example of it. And if they got rid of it, fine. If they, they won't. But if they did, I would mm. understand why. Mm. But I just think it's so easy to de- to use if it's used properly. And if they use it in a way that is that it's only sort of used when it's needed, if that makes sense. So like mm-hmm. things like when a goal goes in, you know, allow people to celebrate the goal. And then if the f- they go, oh, hang on, we've just seen something there. Not this thing of like, it's not really a goal till we've checked it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. no, like the se- the way they, st- like the, st- the sequences of how they use it. But then like on Saturday, and I've seen, I think I've seen Ben Foster talking about this on his podcast. It's like, and I think we, we spoke about, we spoke about this yesterday. It's like, like Sky went out of the way to sort of ignore what had gone on in the game. Like as Stan Collymore said that it, uh, in I think he was doing it for a foreign TV channel and he said they mm-hmm. were on it straight away and they were highlighting that it it was a mistake and it, the VAR had got it wrong mm-hmm. and yet Sky brushed it off and there's this very weird relationship with with the Premier League VAR and the broadcasters in this country where and I've seen this on social media I don't know if you've seen this you ever seen it when someone puts up like a video of an incident that's happened in a match on 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 Twitter. Of like something bad that's happened mm. with the referee, and it it goes the, like the dead dead news. quickly because mm. of copyright mm. reasons, and yet you mm. stick goals up and all kinds, and they never get touched. No. And it's like it's like they're terrified of their product being like shown up. And and again, we we've had this. We had this a couple of years ago with Brentford, where we should have had a penalty. Mm. Rondon got brought down, and they mess it. Uh, they talked about it for ten seconds. Mm. And and the broadcasters are complicit in this. The show they don't want to talk about things till you have to talk about them. And they do this. They do this mostly with clubs like Everton and other clubs mm. around where we are. Clubs who are not in the top six, seven. If they can ignore like a VAR thing, like the Forest one on on Sunday, it's an <laughs> absolute disgrace. The penalty that Brentford yeah. should have had, mm. and yeah. It's barely been talked about over the weekend yet, but this Liverpool one has because it's purely human error because mm. the guy in the VAR is don't know they were having a pot noodle or something when they should have been watching the screen mm-hmm. 
And that's that to me is is the most annoying thing. And I know I know it would be the easiest thing in the world would be to just say let's get rid of it, but that's what need that's what needs to be sorted out. You know the the like oh we don't know where to release the audio. What are you talking about? We should have the audio straight after the game, mm-hmm. if not during the game. You know Gary Neville's talking about well I can hear what's going on when it's going on. You know Baz, you said that you could where you sit. Mm-hmm. There was guys you could see the monitors in front of them because you sit by the mm-hmm. commentary can't mm-hmm. and you could see. And they're the things that annoy me more than anything. And, and I do appreciate you could just get rid of it. But just just make it transparent. Mm-hmm. Stop having this little club that that you think you know better than. Stop employing these referees on TV. I mean, Mike Dean shouldn't be anywhere in the TV. The man's a cheat in my eyes as far as I'm concerned. He he's does, a match yeah. fixer as far as I'm concerned. That's my personal view. He's a match fixer for what he's done. Mm-hmm. He's he stopped the goal going in on purpose. So he's he's fixed the match. Make it transparent. Stop thinking you know more than everybody else because you don't. The, the, when people talk about um they should have football people because the people don't have a clue what to talk about because they've never played the game. And stop having this thing of oh well, we know better than it. and the other one is like the uh, the AI offside could sort yeah, out ninety nine percent of all of these things mm. and they won't bring it in because it's like no we know better than everyone else. There's an arrogance about them. I don't know whether it's an arrogance. Oh, it's an you, arrogance. you can't manipulate AI. No, but it doesn't. But you can manipulate not. human, can't you? You can manipulate drawing a line with a Crayola pen, mm. which is what they do. Because mm. that to me is the biggest indication that they still want some control. Yeah. Because if it isn't, yeah, what is the reason? If, if if I can give you something that's ninety nine point nine, but why would you then go? It's all right. I'll go with the one where it's only you know where they draw lines and it might be wrong. Why would yeah. you? You wouldn't. You'd, if you definitely want to get the right results, mm. so things aren't are incorrect. Things aren't incorrect. You would go with every bit of technology. If you're having technology, go all in yeah. and get everything what, you can. What I would say is just to date Dave's point with the FL. Just yeah. listening to the. The, the women footballers basically begging for VAR in their game. Oh, are they, yeah. They're absolutely begging for it. And now again, I that's you know, they they might have worse officials, they might have better officials, I don't know. Mm. But they're absolutely begging for it in the women's game because they're saying the because I think we sometimes forget, and I know Dave can test because he's watching the EFL a lot mm. more, uh, hopefully just a little bit rather than more next season. Yeah. But um but I don't, you know, they. I know they just get on with it. But mm. if you're listening, if I suppose it's that thing of well, we're the top, the V uh, Women's Super League are saying, well, we're the top flight league, and the Miami, in, and it. the internationals are, are saying the same thing. England a couple of weeks ago had a goal against them against in the Netherlands, and they're saying this is this is a joke. This is amateur hour. Why are we being treated like amateurs? Why are so, officials so bad? Well, no, of course there's human. I you've got to appreciate that's the big thing. Human error will will make will make mistakes. I understand that. Mm. There is always going to be human error. Oh, yeah, and there's always going to be. But if there's something that can fix it. I'm fifty percent of the people are going the, to think the, you're no one, aggrieved, aren't there's they? There's no one wanted in the EFL, Dave. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the I don't know what the the, the bigger story is. And listen, from a personal point of view, I'm just a bit of a luddite when it comes yeah. to technology generally. You know, I don't like change. Never have done. You know, <laughs> so I'm I'm quite happy sticking with what I know. And so <laughs> maybe I'm maybe I'm not the best person to Fair ask play. about the future technology and AI refereeing of of. I disagree, Dave. What is it? I think you're the best. Well, which is fine. And that's. And I think you you're the best. No, I think you're the best person to ask. I do. But there oh. you go. But you know, but that's that's what makes for a healthy debate. It and, is and why so many millions of people listen to to us. Oh, of course, exactly, of course. exactly. You know? Well, on healthy debate, go. Mm. The Loch Ness monster's long neck and short head was spotted on August the thirty first by Fiona Wade from Cannock. So Ned was like trying to tell us the other week, yeah, that there's no Loch Ness, no Loch Ness monster, and that it's basically what what did he say it was. I don't know, Fish. like a seagull or something. Yeah, he, he come up with some terrible... He wanted to fight it. Thing. He wanted to fight it, yeah. Um, Fiona Wade from Cannock, North Scotland, says the Loch Ness Monster was visible for around 40 seconds on August 31st before the creature returned to the deep loch. Mm. She's a nurse. She was driving home after going for a walk with a dog. Yeah. Uh, she insists she saw a 12-foot creature in the loch near Inverness. It wasn't Big Dunk, was no, it? No, he hadn't quite got there, Then he hadn't quite got there. Um, the 60-year-old had been out taking the dog for a walk and was driving home, and she noticed the three humps in the water. Um, the creature made an appearance for 40 seconds. I couldn't get my head around it when I saw it, something I couldn't explain and couldn't rationalise. When I travelled to work in the 80s and 90s, I'd pass Loch Ness at least once a week. It was my patch, so I'm familiar with the area. 
Uh, I'm rational and scientific, as that's part of my job. Wasn't a submarine. I'm not a monster hunter. I don't see what else it could have been. It's the seventh recorded sighting this year of the creature. Well, I was on Loch Ness mm. on the 6th of August, a few weeks before mm. this particular sighting. Right, yeah. Um, and I have to say, I I was curious about whether I could get my money back from the Loch Ness <laughs> tour that we went on because right. we saw no sign of the of the monster mm. in any way, shape or form. Mm. Um, but yeah, you know, I've been there. I mean, it's a big lock. Yeah. Lots it's of something like 20 hide. odd miles long. Mm. In fact, we saw a fella who was who was swimming the whole thing. Mm. He was swimming from one end to the other. Okay. And anyway, he, he might be the person to ask because gonna, if anybody's uh, going to uh, you know come into contact with the with the monster, maybe it was him. I was going to say, did you see him get out though? No. <laughs> oh, that's we, a we, worry. We, we saw him start, mm, but I worry. haven't heard any reports no. of his demise. So one can only assume that he successfully made it to Inverness, which is on the the top uh, part of the mm-hmm. lock. Him starting from the bottom where we were. It is mad. What I mean, what do you reckon? Do you reckon there's I mean, that's seven sightings. I've yeah. been to Loch Ness, and yeah. you do you you do start looking and going, "What's that? What's that?" Because you think on that day when you're there, you need glasses. Help! I didn't need glasses. It was I was there glasses, in the nineties. I don't need glasses. This. You said you were there. <laughs> I was there in the nineties. I was there in the nineties. <laughs> My eyes were way better. I was there in the nineties. People were way better now. I still I don't there. need glasses now. I still don't need glasses. Maybe now. the monster wasn't there. In the it was nineteen ninety-two when I was there. Because it was Euro 92. Thomas Brolin scored against England that goal. While you were at Loch Ness? While I was in Loch Ness. I literally watched that game. We, me and my missus, wasn't my missus at the time, was staying in a bed and breakfast. Yeah. Whose missus was it at the time? <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. My soon-to-be, well, you know, a few I years see, later. My childhood sweetheart. Yeah. We were staying in an Airbnb. Yeah. Um, over Loch Ness. Mm. No, we went. We were staying over Loch Lomond. Hang We've on, been to hang Loch on, hang on. That was a different girl. That was a different girl. But my mind is gone. Okay, listen, Barry, right? No yes. wonder you didn't see the Loch Ness monster in Because I was looking at Loch Lomond. No, it's that weekend. No, let me just. supposed to be really good Hang on, let me just. Hang on, let me clarify this. Went to yeah. Scotland for four days. Yeah. We were in Inverness on the Saturday and then drove to Loch Lomond yeah, on the Sunday. Okay. And then Sweden beat England 2-1 in yeah. the night. I don't know. Gary Lineker's I last appearance for England. He I don't know Gary Lineker off and put I'm, I'm Alan Smith this, on. I'm throwing this out of court, Ped. Yeah, I, I don't no, know what's real. However, get back onto it. Yeah. Do we... Are we... Are we, okay, are we so having it or aren't we having it? As 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 the podcast chief technology expert... Right, yeah, here's what exactly. I Come on. Here's the fact that there has got to be... There's got to be sophisticated technology that mm. can literally sweep that lock from one end to the other, and we'll see anything probably bigger than a crisp packet that exists in there. Mm. So, if it was there, I believe we'd have found it. What if it just keeps moving around? Mm. What if it's playing a big game of hide and seek? Isn't the things that inlets though, or whatever that go out, so yeah, it yeah. might not always be there? It could just mm, be like I a mean, seals or something. Yeah. Massive ones. Mm. Yeah. Could be, couldn't it? Big yeah. seal. Massive seal. Massive seal. Is that what you're going massive for? Massive eel. Mm. Seal or eel. Yeah. Seal Final or eel, yeah. Final answer. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you can't... Poor Fiona's just come on and... Talking about, said it. Talking about giant, giant reptilian, reptilian monsters. I've got a good story for you. Go on, yeah, I'm oh. excited. Fans were surprised to see an alligator turn up at the Philadelphia Phillies baseball match when its owner, Joey Henney... Oh said he was there to meet the players in a range visit. We'll, we'll, we'll have to go another time because his emotional support alligator was denied entry into the baseball stadium. I'll... So, like a, like, a, like a real mascot he's got here. No, he's got an actual alligator that's his emotional support alligator. Sure. But what happens, though, when, you know, he obviously sits wherever he sits, right? Yeah, and then the alligator sits next to him. What about what about the person that then then's got the season ticket next to the alligator? Well, I mean, I I don't I don't know I don't know if that seat's free or he had to buy two. But he says he took Wally the alligator to the home of the Philadelphia Phillies ahead of the game against Pittsburgh. Oh, Wallygator. Well, it is like it's called it. Wallygator. It's mm. right. Yeah, it's considered a support animal and has mm-hmm. tens of thousands of followers on social media, where he's often seen being hugged or kissed. Speaking to uh, the news, um, 
Mr. Henney said they had not gone to watch the match, but were due to meet the players. But by the time they arrived, the team were busy warming up. I bet you they were. It's no big deal, he said, adding they simply turned and went home. We were going to go down below, but they were practising for the game and couldn't have visitors. They're going to get hold of us before they go to the next game, he claimed. Soon players will get to meet them. There you go. The you... club have said, it's as stated, guide dog service animals or service animals in training are welcome. All all other animals are prohibited. So I think this is anti-alligator. Yeah, although I'm going to go very pro-alligator here because I'm thinking that actually if if we as a club installed alligators all around the perimeter <laughs> of the pitch, mm. right, who could then be trained to bite ankles mm. and everything, of those players who aren't giving it 100%, then maybe we wouldn't, you know, have the same kind of performances that we saw on Saturday. Yeah. Maybe we'd have a decent home record. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think so. It's a, it's a, I mean, it's a little... They'd get the ball boys going quicker, though, wouldn't they? they yeah, would. Would. You know what I mean? They we wouldn't would. get... We have would. got, we have got and, some... And you wouldn't You wouldn't need all the stewards sat on the, gr- no. On, no. On the ground. You know, no. at the end, when they're sort of facing the wrong way, making sure that people don't run... You wouldn't mm. need that if you no. had that alligator perimeter. Well, if there's alligators there, yeah, I mean... And it would bit... Financially, would help the club as well. Because yeah. you wouldn't need to pay for stewards. Absolutely. Just a couple because of alligators. A couple of gators. Stick, stick them in high-vis if you wanted to. Yeah. You know, high vis gator. How, how have you how have you trained the alligator? I haven't no, trained no, any no, alligator no. by the way. I'm talking about Wally here. Let's just let's mm, just mm, let's back to Wally, back to Wally mm. for a sec. Wally gator. Mm. How have you been trained mm. as a um, as an emotional support? Is he just blagging us that he, he likes his owner know. and then one day he's just gonna death roll him? He says that um he said that he first met Wally after his friend captured him in Florida. So he's basically a hostage. So while he's a hostage. And he said he dropped them off as a joke, but he said, but the joke's on him now. So the joke's so, on who? On the guy who dropped them off. Why? Why's the joke on him? He's dropped the, he's got a gator, he's dropped them off for his mates. And his mates kept them. He said, I don't Wally, think the fellas asked. Wally won't ever bite, and nobody knows why. He even ha- he, even his food must be dead and handed to him. Well, I mean, that's that's a relief. I'm like that. <laughs> I am. You know yeah, what? Yeah. We've got so much in common with yeah, Wally. With Wally. Mm-hmm. He said he's got a he's got a lot of people's attention. He's famous for hugs and kisses. Well, he's got a lot of attention because he hugs and kisses people because he's a fucking alligator. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm struggling here. If I turned up at Goodison mm. and there's an alligator with someone as his emotional support sat yeah. next to me, I'm not going to enjoy the game. I don't care if he's friendly. I'm thinking... That's a, it is a worry, isn't it? Just imagine yeah. if he... Because he might turn you, at any moment. Will he take your mind off the game? What, you mean sort of just that, that, underlying, that underlying threat of, of potential of, death yeah. or, or losing a limb? Losing a limb. Hang on, hang on. Be a new, hang be, hang give on. a new meaning to limbs on. in the Gladys Street, wouldn't think, it? I personally don't think an alligator could kill you at the match. Could rip your leg off, though. That's not death. But you're losing you've a limb. You've got another one. Limbs. Mm. You know what I mean? You've got mm. another one. I think you'd be... Because their tactic is getting you in the water and rolling no, you no, and, and drowning At least they've you. got a tactic at home. <laughs> well, I mean, what would you... You know, what would you feel... You're in the dressing room. You're in the yeah, street I mean, end. Oh, and know, there's they, a gator next to you. I need an emotional support gator yeah, yeah. at the match. We all, we all do, I think, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Maybe need, that's where we're going wrong. That's where it is. There's not enough emotional support alligators at Goodison. Yeah, that's, yeah, Bramley yeah. Moor, though. Everton New Stadium. Yeah. Ah, There's yes, a water, the water, the water, maybe that could be, you know, we could... What, what's it doing though? Like, what is the benefit of them being in the water? And the but, water's cold, so they're going to die. Yeah, but listen, what, what they could do though, is that they could actually, as part of the new stadium setup, mm-hmm. is that they could build like a special walk the plank kind of situation. <laughs> so therefore... For managers... We, any, well, but yeah, already, I was going to say players who actually score a, a, a player score rating yeah. of lower than five would then <sighs> be required to walk the plank and, you know, sort of take their chance amongst maybe yeah. a dozen alligators. Yes, I know. The the prob- the prob- what about with Wally? And then you just see, you don't know if he's going to, today might be the day that he bites you. I don't think he can do it with a threat where they're definitely going to bite you. I think I think the jeopardy is, will he bite yeah. today or I, won't he? no. Willie or Wally? That's well, a hang on. What, that's what, a hard Wally? time. Where's what, Wally? That's a hard Wally, time show. Wally, Willie. Really. That's a hard Willie. time show, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Willie bite you, know? Yeah. Will Wally bite you? Yeah. yeah. At this, all I can see Graham White 
loving that. Just doing it, Graham White there with the mic. Just Absolutely you. loving that. Will he bite? Yeah, we've got Chloe. She's seven from Wallace. Or if we just have, <laughs> if we just have Wally in the ground, you can play where's Wally, the fella with the camera. Just yeah, just like Nick. You look, you're sitting there going, oh, is it me? <laughs> it's on your shoulder. Where's Wally? You bite me and neck back where Wally is. Uh, I've got to finish with this one. An unsettling encounter with a ghost who yelled oi and hurled a stone at explorers. And again, I mean, I don't know what's going on. Paranormal expert, uh, experts were exploring an eerie cavern called Snibs Cave or Benain Cave, which is 100 foot long by 20 foot wide and 30 foot high in places inside near Lendlefoot, southwest of Glasgow. Scotland's all going off. A ghost mm. allegedly chucked a stone at paranormal experts when they entered the cave where a hermit used to live. Mm. Is it not like just a hermit? Tony, Ferg- Tony Ferguson, Tony there you go, Ferguson. and Jacqueline Dix, Jackie Dixon, out of Brookie, was spooked out by the scenario. A hermit called Henry Ewing, bloody hell, here we go. From Dallas. From Dallas, yeah. Uh, Torbert, A.K. Snip Scott. Lived there for three decades until he died in 1983. Oh, yeah, okay, fair play. Age 71, he left the cave to only hunt rabbits and trade his ways. Um, We had heard, this is Tony, what Tony said. We heard that people... Not the rabbit, no, no. Uh, We heard that people entering the cave had experienced paranormal activity, so we went to check it out for ourselves. We conducted some experiments where we held lone vigils, why would you, in the cave to see if we could get different responses. A stone was thrown at one point, and we heard an elderly gentleman say, Oi! We also heard what sounded like a child's, it's always a bleeding child's voice, isn't it? which were captured on camera. Overall, there were many things we cannot explain, and we were quite shocked by the amount of activity we caught as we were not in the cave for very long. I mean, for a, first of all, why would you go to a place called bloody Snibs Cave? Snibs it, cave. Sounds, it sounds sinister as it is. A fella shouting, oh yeah, a ghost, surely it's got better a better bloody vocabulary than just shouting. And was oi in Scottish? Oi. <laughs> I don't know the answer to any of these and, things. And why was there a child there? Snibs Cave sounds like it tells Josh Dixon in town. Yeah. Or other stuff. Mm. Mm. There's always there's always a little child, normally a little girl, in, yeah. in kind of ghostly horror movies. Always, right. isn't it's it? Just a, it's a standard yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. So Dave, what are you? They just fell into that. If we throw, we'll say if they threw a stone, mm. and we'll say we heard the fella shouting "oi," and if we throw a girl, you know, a child's voice in there, that'll be almost like the rubber stamp. Is that like that royal seal of approval? Uh, some people get, you know, it's like the royal seal. Does that mean the queen's seal or whatever? Does that mean the queen? You know when seal? you know like no, it's not it's from Loch Ness. Not from Loch Ness. That's that's what that's what Fiona maybe saw. Is that what you Fiona know, she saw? The saw the mm. queen's seal yeah. rather than the Loch Ness monster. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it just seems to it seems to have many of the constituent yeah. parts to a classic ghost story yeah. for me. Um, and I don't know whether I believe ghosts or not. I don't know whether I'm saying that I don't believe them, mm. but I'm not saying that I necessarily do believe them. What would what would make you convinced, Dave? Like if one walked in and Dave sat one. on that couch behind you now, <laughs> would, mm. would you be convinced? Yeah, of course. You yeah. know, I think any 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 um, viable sighting mm. would make anybody convinced of the existence of ghosts. But obviously, most of us the vast majority of us, I would say, mm. haven't had any paranormal uh, experiences mm. and therefore continue to be doubtful as to whether they exist or not. If, if one... and, and this is coming from somebody who's done Most Haunted with Yvette Fielding. Well, oh, you know? I mean, I mean I've, I've been, I've been on, on the... Clank! 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 played it there, Annie. Well, I mean, Dave, what if you were to meet a ghost and mm. it was all right, you know, it was friendly, say... Sure, like Casper. I, I don't know, like cute, like Casper, but say, like you know, say. Isn't that, I mean, you know, we've got time, but like it, the story of a boy who died and become like a friendly ghost. That's not. I don't find that appealing. No, but he was a boy mm. and he was friendly, so that was why. But it's not good. But if you just met one now, if it come in, like, what, like what kind of questions would you ask the ghost if it could communicate, if it could talk? 
if it didn't say oi, obviously, or or Donna girl's voice, a young girl's voice. What what if you know if you had three questions with the ghost, what three questions do you think you'd ask her? Can he play four three three? Yeah, what's going on at Goodison behind the scenes? Um, what what do they realistically think about seven seven seven? Yeah, interesting, interesting. And and I'm still trying to think of a third one. Yeah, would there be nothing? What would you? Um, like where have you come from? Something like that. Yeah. You'd want to know, Have wouldn't you? Have you got any skeletons in your closet? Quite clearly, nice. Dad. Good, good question. I mean, but I, I don't think that you'd be having any of these conversations at lunchtime, you know, which is the time at which we're recording this podcast. Yeah. It tends to be more of a nighttime thing, doesn't it? Guys? It is, yeah. yeah. And why are they knobheads? Why did he want to come out of bedtime? Because they're dead. Yeah, so That's why can't he come out in the day? Because, because why, what? why would you? Well, why wouldn't you? It's prime time, isn't it? You can't. You can't. It's, it's not fucking Saturday night, eight o'clock for Sky. There's not that many people knocking about in the day. They're all in work. They might be. Yeah, but if you were in your house, I mean, why couldn't? Why the ghosts? Because they make it scarier by coming out in the night, don't they? Because they're transparent. Yeah. That's not good in the day, is it? No, because they look better in the dark. They do. They do. Oh, okay. and also if they want to move around, it's off-peak travel as well. <laughs> yeah, to be fair. Got a save away. No congestion mm. charges and all save that. away between scares. Yeah. I just want to know more about a vet fielding, but that that's for another day. That's for another That's, for another that's another one day. of Dave's clang stories. Yeah. Clang. We oh. might we might cover hey, this next week. Kung Fu Carl was there as well. The bloody hell's Kung, Who's Kung Fu, Fu Carl? Carl when he's Kung Fu Carl is, is a vet's husband. Oh, okay. <laughs> Does he do Kung Fu, I guess? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, more, more, more about that. Save that for a Halloween Save special. Save that for a Halloween. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Fair play. I didn't even know we were having one, but hey, we are. hey. Hey, no, no. always we, thinking. We, we're all going to get dressed up and everything. Yeah. Well, why not? Why? I mean, Ned, Ned. If you could see Ned's face yeah. now, you've literally yeah. like he's just won the lottery. Yeah. Just the excitement. But I might wear a smile. Everton might have won a home game by then, so it'll be bang. Oh. There you go. Right, let's leave it there yeah. with that cliffhanger mm. of a vet fielding and yeah. kung fu, yeah. Carl. I mean, I mean, honestly, I mean, if you're not subscribing already, then that, what's the matter with you? What is? That? I mean, if that doesn't pull you in. Nothing else will, will it? Mm. Not even a fella in a cave shouting noise here. Carl sounds like something out of Toy Story, doesn't it? <laughs> That's amazing. Kung Fu Carl's a legend. I, listen, we can't wait to hear the legend ah, yeah. of Kung Fu Carl. And he also cooks. <laughs> As he's doing Kung Fu. Kung Fu Carl cooks. I mean, fairly. I've seen him in I'd be for in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, he might have been there. <laughs> Spinning. Uh, I wish Sean Dice could. This is quality. Right, stop it. Right, Dave, nice one, mate. We will catch you up next week, of course, when hopefully Everton will have won a home game. Come on, please. please. Oh, I'm not here next week. Unlucky, hey, lads. Whoa, 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 whoa. Where are you? I'm in Paris. Okay. okay we need a sub. In, have you filled in a leaf? Uh, I, I have, don't know whether he's filled in a blue form. It's in the diary. The blue Q7 form. <laughs> it's in the diary. All right. You'll so have to get Andy Bush. Is this I'm Martin. Well, it's going to be you and me, Baz, isn't it? Oh, we'll get, we'll get a guest. Ned, shut up. shut up. We'll get a guest. We'll get someone else in. Get someone dead, dead famous to make me jealous. Do you want me oh. to get a vet fielding? Yeah. yeah. Or Kung Fu Carl. He would be even better, <laughs> to be fair. Kung Fu Carl would, yeah. would nail it, wouldn't he? Big Evertonian Kung big Fu Big Evertonian, apparently. Yeah. Close of blue. Or who else is a big Evertonian you could get on? Amanda Holden. Andy Peters. Oh. Andy Peters, <laughs> mushroom man. He's, he's in good so. nick, Andy he's Peters, isn't he? He's in really good nick, actually. Fair play, he's got muscles yeah. on muscles, hasn't he? Fair play, too. Fair play. Yeah, yeah. Fair play. Fair right, Dave, I know you're busy. We're going to let you go. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks to everyone who's listened, subscribed, give it a thumbs up, give it a five-star rating on Spotify and all those other good places. We'll see you next week.